Hey everybody, Kurt Schlichter here, Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast, and uh, uh, crusty Joe Biden is in Japan. If you remember the Vapors, the Vapors were playing. Remember Turning Japanese? They were playing here in Los Angeles yesterday. I did not see them. I was doing other Anyway, just throwing that out there. So uh, Biden is in Japan. And what is he not doing? He's not bringing uh, uh, Rocky Alcona's home, the uh, uh, unjustly uh, imprisoned U.S. Navy officer. He's not doing that because, of course, why would he do that? He doesn't get hit about our troops. Uh, he is not dealing with the debt ceiling. And we're going to talk about that because, you know, when you tune in to Kurt Flicker on Unredacted, you want to talk about policy issues like the debt ceiling. I'll give it to you in my own special uh, way, I guess, is the best way to put it. He's also going and laying a wreath at uh, Hiroshima. And my feeling about that is, what the fuck are you laying a wreath at Hiroshima for? Okay? They started the war. We freaking finished it. No apologies. None of this sadness. Well, I'm freaking happy. I had two grandparents floating on ships, or at least on islands, who would have had to go and invade Japan, and they might have gotten killed. About a million people would have. A million Americans. I don't care about the Japanese. You know why I don't care about the Japanese? The Imperial Japanese, that is. Because they freaking started a war with us. Good God, can't this retarded, senile moron take his own side in a fight? Evidently, no. And you know, he's probably like 38 years old during World War II. I mean, the guy's like 120 years old. It's, it's pathetic. It is really, really pathetic. Oh, cute little dogs. Um... And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand. Well, I do understand because this is part of, uh, let's hate ourselves. We're in America. Let's hate ourselves. You know, why not? It's really, really disgraceful and annoying. And I don't like it. And, uh, we've got to stop putting up with this crap. But if you want a president who's, besides being senile, hates the country, is surrounded by other people who hate the country and consider us illegitimate. Hey, mission accomplished. You got Joe Biden. You'll vote for him in 2024. Now let's dig into this debt ceiling crap, right? Because nobody's more excited about the debt ceiling than, well, no one. Um, it, is, uh, it is a boring subject, but it is also an important subject because it is showing that uh, Kevin McCarthy is not a complete incompetent uh, buffoon, which I got worried he was. But he seems to be handling it pretty well. He manages to go and get something passed so that the Democrats didn't think he could do it. They thought it was going to be a Republican. The story was going to be a Republican chaos. They didn't do, wouldn't have to do anything. And eventually, sissy Republicans in the Senate would force them to pass a clean debt ceiling bill. And, of course, the debt ceiling is the only time any Republican has any leverage because the Democrats have to uh, get something passed. So they kind of uh, expected chaos and delayed, and then Kevin McCarthy went and managed to keep his caucus together and passed the bill and said, here's our plan, what's yours? And uh, Joe Biden basically said, wait, what? Wait, where's Matlock on? Where's Lush? This is my shower. It is... Uh, uh, and now, of course, Joe Biden has gone off to Japan because, of course, he has. Uh, what's what's more important than going in Japan and apologizing for America? 
Well, to this guy, apparently nothing is. Nothing is more important than that. And uh, mission accomplished. He's uh, doing exactly what he wants to do, which is nothing. Uh, but they're kind of in turmoil because the leftists are really, really mad. They don't want to stop spending. And it's basically, now, you want to kill veterans! Okay, all right, I'm a veteran, I'll take the risk. Go ahead and kill me. Frickin' put a big crosshair on me. Kill me, I don't care. Uh, also, you're the same people throwing vet veterans out of their uh, hotels because you've got illegal aliens coming in. So maybe save that crap for somebody else. Because, I don't know, I'm not buying it. I'm thinking it's, uh, I think it's a little bit of hypocrisy. I just, I, I look, the Democrats just, they, they know they can count on the regime media, and I think that's what they're investing in. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe, maybe they will get a, a, a free pass. Probably, well, they certainly will from the media. But maybe normal people will, you know, agree with Biden and whatever the hell you agree with him it with, I guess, keep spending zillions of dollars. I like, I cut the deficit. Okay, haven't cut the deficit. Or the debt. Maybe, maybe yeah, you lowered the deficit because we're not spending the next $2 trillion a year on uh, bullshit COVID stuff. So I guess that's a thing. You want credit for that? Freaking moron. It, look, it's all a lie in a skin. This is, you know, a real free press would be important. Because it would encourage political parties to be responsible and to be responsive. But, of course, we don't have one of those. And, you know, shockingly, we have a political establishment that's neither responsible nor responsive. So, that's a thing. What's going to happen with the debt ceiling are, you know, eventually they're going to come to a deal. Because I don't think they have any other choice. And defaults on the debt? Okay. I don't care. Go ahead. Oh, it'll tag your stocks. Stocks are already tagged. Don't care. Don't give a damn. Screw you. You know what you guys are thinking? You're thinking, why is Kirk talking about the debt ceiling? Because that's the most boring subject there is. Okay? This is like, you know, talking about a bulwark staffer's sex life. There's not a lot going on. All right? Just like Kirk tying to himself all alone and yuck. Um, so. I'm talking about because this is our one chance of exercising power. When we don't control most of the media, or most of the uh, branches of government, where power is split, this is the one time we have some leverage. And it's good to see Kevin McCarthy using it. And I guess Honey's kind of doing the voice of reason thing. You know, I'm Kevin McCarthy, and I'm a nice guy, and I just want to talk and stuff. I love that, because, you know, it appeals to suckers. There are suckers out there who are like good government people, and they're like, you know, I just want to work together for a better tomorrow. I don't. I want to destroy our enemy. Uh, but, uh, you know, not everybody's like that. And I was thinking, you know, is Kevin going to be one of these saps? Well, he talks like one, but I don't think he is, because he's dragging these guys into the kill zone. I think this is going to be uh, a powerful uh, lesson for the Dems. Dems? Dems expected us to screw it up. Dems expected us to be in disarray. The Dems expected us to flop and flannel and screw up and eventually come begging for a clean debt ceiling limit. And of course, now they're going crazy. They're terrorists! Terrorists holding us hostage! It's like, eh, okay. And? And? So? 
You know? Okay. All right. I mean, that's, you know, you won't go. I don't care. See, we got to stop caring what they call now. And it's terrorists. We better react. The proper response is, mm, fuck you. I don't care if you think I'm a terror. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think I'm a transphobe, a uh, Nickelback fan, anything. I don't care. Your, your, your words mean nothing to me. The only thing that matters is power. And right now, we got it. And bitches, you do not. Or at least you don't have complete power. And here's the other thing. Now, the Democrats have thrown in with the corporations and with Wall Street and the banks and all that sort of stuff. They are, yeah, he used to be all oh, party of the rich Republicans. Not no more. Republican Party is the party of people who work for a living and who own small businesses. Uh, the big corporations and everything, the ones who will suffer if there is a default. Those are all Democrats. It's Democrats whose asses are on the line. We don't give a shit. Oh, look, our 401ks may take a hit. They may go down. So. They may go down so. That's entirely possible. We don't care. Because they're going to go back up once a Republican gets in. They're going to go back up. It doesn't matter to us. But it matters to them. Because they're going to actually lose money. Because they're doing transactions and stuff. We're, I'm saving retirement. I'm not spending my retirement account. My retirement account's sitting in there. It goes up today, goes down tomorrow. What's it matter? As long as over time it goes up. Short-term dips. Like some debt default crisis. Oh, there's like faith to crack over there. Ain't nothing. And I love, I love this 14th Amendment thing. You know, just, it says that the, uh, the debt will not be, uh, 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 questioned. Okay. Not questioning it, dumb shit. Uh, look, the 14th Amendment does not allow the president to unilaterally do anything. Now, he can, he, and, and, and Dipshit leftists are telling them to do. Please do it. Give me that power. Give us the power. I mean, okay. Because you're not going to wield it forever. And when we got it, see, the thing is, Democrats didn't worry about expanding executive power because we had internal women. Yeah, we had that. They could try, they, they could abuse it. They knew we tended not to because a lot of us were sissies. That shit's going out the window, folks. We're not doing the two sets of rules thing here. The problem for them is government power didn't matter because their enemies wouldn't use it against them. Now we're going to use it against them. That's why Ron DeSantis is such a threat to them. Because he sees power and he uses it. And it drives them crazy. They're like, oh my gosh! We can't have that! Ron DeSantis is actually using power? Look, that's the Republican vibe now, baby. The Republican vibe is about using power. And so the more power they give us, dude, okay, throw me in that briar patch, buddy. Throw me in the briar patch. I care. It's fine with me. Give us that power. Unilaterally raise the debt ceiling. Using the 14th of it. Fine with me. Go ahead. Don't care. Don't care a bit. Yach. I mean, I'm, look, I want you to do dumb things. I want the Democrats to do short-sighted things because they're angry today. And they're not thinking about tomorrow. I 
want them to. It's good for us. Again, keep hoeing to that prayer patch, buddies. Keep hoeing. Now, we've established that we've got uh, Kevin McCarthy doing a pretty good job, which is beyond expectations. He was, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. What else is going on? What else is in the news? Well, let's look at the race. Um, if you've read my town hall, you know that I don't think much of uh, Tim Scott or Chris Christie or Mike Pence joining the race. I think that's an exercise in onanism. It makes them feel better, but it lacks dignity and a point. It's, um, look, this is a race between DeSantis and Trump. And I, like most people, I expect DeSantis will be in the race in a couple days, maybe a week or so. And um, then I think it's on because it, it is definitely a Trump and DeSantis race. And here's the thing. It's about two things. Right. It is not about policy because essentially Trump's going to do whatever DeSantis did intermittently as effectively and with worse personnel choices. But it's not, I mean, you, you, you're going to like the policies generally under Trump, although his latest nitwittery about being nice to Disney and don't be mean to the uh, transsexual perverts is, you know, tiresome. Uh, I think he's going to do what he uh, needs to do to stay a viable Republican candidate, which means take all the conservatives. And the same with his abortion law. Okay, it's not about policy. You're going to you get Trump in, Trump, you're going to be happy with the policy. You may not be happy with its execution. You may not be happy with some personnel stuff. But, and you may not be happy with his bizarre tangents. Like, I've got to spend 20 minutes now talking about Rosie O'Donnell. You may not want that. But you're going to be, you, you're going to live with, you're, you're going to be fine with Trump. It's not about him or DeSantis' policy and attempts to make it so are kind of embarrassing. Like, DeSantis was terrible about COVID, says the guy who gave Fauci a medal of freedom. Okay, not not a good look. Not about policy. Um, it's about, to a small extent, personality, and to a larger extent, who can win electability. And I know, you know, personality-wise, look, some people just like the Trump side. And some people prefer the cool, ruthless efficiency of Ron DeSantis. I, I, I find it very unlikely that a lot of people will make that the key to their vote. I mean, certainly sort of primary because they're right against each other, so that matters. But in the general, I'm not sure that's going to make a lot of difference. Uh, the real big issue, the real thing that distinguishes electability. Which one's more likely to win? And you got to ask the question, is there a practical reality where Donald Trump wins? How's he going to win in Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada? Well, he won last time. All right, let's talk about that. I prefer winners who actually win. Okay, if he won the election and didn't take office, I kind of think that makes him a bitch. All right, I, I, I want to hear excuses. I want somebody in the Oval Office. That's that 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 is electability. Now electability has a bad rep, and not entirely undeserved. Like, why do you not get Romney because he's electable? Well, he was electable. He just didn't get elected. In large part to his own gross incompetence and off-putting personality. 
Yeah, there's nothing worse than a guy who, like, wants to come off like Mr. Rogers, but he's a giant penis, which is what Mitt Romney is. He's Mr. Rogers, who's kind of an asshole. Uh, but he wants to be Mr. Rogers, but he's still an asshole. Electability is important. We've got to win the election. It doesn't matter if you don't win. And I don't want to hear about any more. He won in 2020. Stop saying that. I understand the election was rigged. I get it. I know I was there. It doesn't matter. Because that's the fight you've got to get past. I, You know, there's this sense among some people that there's like some sort of cosmic justice out there. Some sort of uh, universal ref who's going to come down and make sure the right thing happens. The fair thing happens. Dude, that's not going to happen. There's no referee. There's no one who's going to make wrong right except you and me for the application of power. How do we apply power? By winning enough votes outside the margin of fraud to defeat the left. And I don't want to hear, well, we don't, we're just going to lose anyway, so there's no point in voting. Thanks, Democrat. Good Lord, there's nothing I hate more than curated pessimism. I'm so cool. We can't possibly wait. Look how cynical I am. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I know it's tough. Yeah, I know it's unfair. I don't care. I'm looking for someone who can win anyway. All right? I'm not looking for the best excuse maker or the guy who can rend his garments most uh, passionately. I want a guy who's going to win. Is that Donald Trump? Because he didn't last time. I don't see any evidence that, that, that there's anything going on to do it. Yeah, he got Rona McDaniel elected. Yes, he was backing Rona. I know. I watched the chief of staff whipping votes for Rona with my eyes, personally, in front of me. I saw it. Watched it myself, not hearsay. Direct evidence. I saw it. Okay, what's Rona doing? Rona has an ad for lawyers, huh? You have any lawyers she's uh, advertising for for the RNC? Well, I guess a hundred? Is she getting a hundred lawyers? What is she getting? Well, there's six big Democrat cities that we need to cover for sure. So, how many you got? Five lawyers? She's 30? She's getting five lawyers in each of these cities? I mean, that's not a lot. You don't really need a lawyer. You need a law firm, but that's another story. But is she getting five? No! Well, is she, is she getting one lawyer for each of these cities? No! She's advertising for two, count them, two lawyers. Two. Guys, not enough. Not enough. She's not doing nothing. You know, maybe Trump ought to take a little time from inventing stupid and sanctimonious. Shut up. God, that's stupid. And tell his minion... To do her damn job. Now, look, I'm hard on Trump. And Trump freaking deserves it. I'm hard on Trump because I like Trump. And I expect more. And everybody should be hard on Trump. Because maybe we can get crap like this if he felt some pushback instead of a bunch of people shrimping his toes every time he says something stupid. 180 degrees on abortion. Oh, great, brilliant, you're the best. 180 degrees back. Oh, you're wonderful. Maybe tell him, stop screwing up. 
But you're not saying DeSantis is screwing up because DeSantis isn't screwing up. DeSantis is cold, ruthless, and calculating. Just like I like it. All right? Ah. Uh, anyway, so, you know, I think Biden's going to lose if it's DeSantis. Is he going to lose against Trump? I mean, Trump can still win. I just wish Trump would stop making mistakes. And we're, I'm sure we're going to see mistakes from DeSantis down the road. I just don't think I've seen any now. I just keep seeing people like, oh, well, it's terrible he hasn't announced yet. Why? I don't care. You care? Does it matter? Well, he's pretending not to be running, but he's really running. So what? I give a shit. I couldn't care less. I mean, it'd be like literally impossible for me to care less about that. So, you know, whatever. I just think that, uh, it's an important election. I think electability is going to be a key issue. Uh, you know, I I think both of the guys can run on their record. Great record in Florida. Trump, generally great record as president. And of course, you know, we've got wild card events that are going to come out of the blue. Here's one to look for. The Ukrainian army, you know, falling apart. I don't think that that is outside the realm of possibility in the near future. Uh, and when that happens, you know, it's obviously Trump's fault because he loves Putin. Yeah, there's still people pushing that. There's still some guy on the New York Times pushing that today. Trump's, Trump's, uh, Putin's, uh, Putin's statements align with Trump about his enemies. Shut the fuck up. Guys, garbage paper. I just, I, I just hate these people so much. Trump, frustrating guy, but the most wronged person in, in American public history. I mean, what was done to him is just unfreaking forgivable. And uh, the problem is I think Trump would forgive. He still talks to Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. Ron DeSantis won't speak to any of them. Treats them like crap. Just saying. There is a contrast there. And I'm liking the contrast. I'm liking it. Don't freaking talk to your enemies. Seek their disruption. This is the word of Kurt. And then is unredacted for uh, Town Hall VIP. Again, I'm Kurt Schlichter. Thanks for listening. I write every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday at Town Hall. And of course, you know that because you're a VIP. So go check those out. Get my book, Inferno, the latest and Kelly Turnbull series. If, you know, I could stop having family crises and other things going on, I'll get book number eight out. I hope to get it out this spring, but that ain't in the cards. So look for it this fall, probably, for like October-ish. It's going to be amazing. It's really good so far. And um, that's, all I, uh, that's all I got for you now. I'll see you next week on my Locals page, by the way. I put all my Kurt stuff there. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Adios. Bye-bye.